Well, good morning again, and my name is Daniel Grover, my wife Lindsay, and our son Winston. We are church planters to Libby, Montana, and when you think about that part of the United States, oftentimes people think of the state of Montana, the Rocky Mountain, northwest region of the U.S., and then they often come up with the national parks. Uh, maybe when you think about Montana, you think about Yellowstone National Park or Glacier National Park, beautiful parts of our nation that God has given us. But when you look at the state of Montana spiritually, is a place that desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. My wife and I were recently at an event, and they were talking about statistics, and Montana is number two in the U.S. in leading in suicides. And when you think about that word suicide, I don't know what word comes to mind in describing it, but one thought that comes to my mind personally is hopelessness. People getting to the point in their life where they think there's no more hope in this life, so they take it, and that's the problem the most unnatural thing a person can do. And the only way we're going to see Montana go from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope is not by political reform or social reform or economic reform. The only way we're going to see that changed is by gospel-preaching churches being planted in the state of Montana and cities and communities giving them the blessed hope which is found in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Libby, Montana is one of those cities that desperately needs the gospel. It's a town of about 3,000 people, a couple thousand outside the city limits. And I know back here on the east side of the U.S., that's an average town, but for the state of Montana, that's a big town. And um, if you were there in Libby, Montana this morning, and you desire to go to hear the Word of God preached, to go to a solid gospel-preaching church, you'd have to travel an hour and a half, two hours, one way, to go hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has burdened my wife and my heart for going to the town of Libby. We've been on deputation since the middle of January, and the Lord has been very good to us. We're about 53% of our support raised. Our goal is to get there by June of next year to see God plant a gospel-preaching church, and then out of the city of Libby, see other towns and communities within that region being reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The verses that God gave my wife and I when we were praying about going is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, where the word of God says this, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord." And the fact of the matter is, there's always a region to be reaching with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once we've reached our friends and our neighbors with the gospel, once we've reached our town with the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's always another town, another region to be reaching with the gospel. But I love it says in verse 17, But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And we're not going to Libby, Montana for man's glory. We're not going so that man can exalt man and honor man. We're going for one simple reason, for the glory of God. Because only Jesus Christ can transform a heart that has been wrecked and ruined by sin. Only Jesus Christ can bring a family that has been full of hate and strife and bring back the love that they need as a family. Only Jesus Christ unifies communities, and therefore he deserves all the glory. We do have a display table over here. We'd love for you to go over there, grab one of our prayer cards, looks just like this, and pray for us as we continue on deputation, that God would continue to keep us safe on the road, and that we'd see souls saved while we're on deputation. Pray for the people of Libby, Montana, even now, that God would get a hold of their hearts and prepare their hearts for his word, and that his spirit would continue to work and prepare their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're so grateful for the opportunity to be here. We have other things that are there. At this time, we're going to show a video about four minutes long. And in that, this video, you're going to see a, state, uh, a map of the state of Montana, 
And on that map, you're going to see a lot of red. And those are counties that don't have a solid gospel preaching church. And so lastly, I ask, would you pray that God would send forth laborers to Montana? Where it's the darkest, I believe the light shines the brightest. And I believe God has great things in store, and we're looking forward to what God's going to do. Anyone else, if you want mind, turn with me in the Word of God to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. Joshua chapter 1. And I pray that this will be an encouragement and a blessing to us all. And I want to thank Pastor for the opportunity to preach the Word of God this morning. And thank you as a church family for giving my wife and I the opportunity to come here and present our work. And we're looking forward to this week. I've already been blessed by the Sunday school hour and the message that was given then. And uh, just looking forward to what God has in store for us for the remaining days ahead. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, we'll begin reading there and go down to verse 6, where the word of God says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and of the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. The thought I want to give to us this morning is found in verse 6, 7, and 9 with this phrase that the word of God gives us. And the phrase is simply this, be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. As you enter into this passage of Scripture, by way of introduction, we find that the nation of Israel and its leader Joshua are at a pivotal time in their nation's history. If you read the previous books before the book of Joshua, we know and understand that God raised up a man by the name of Moses. And Moses was raised up to lead the nation of Israel out of the years of bondage, 400 years of bondage in the land of Egypt. And Moses was a great man that God greatly used. I was reading somewhere in an article where it said that at West Point, they consider Moses to be one of the greatest leaders to ever live. I believe it's in the top 50. And you think about how many men and how many women have led in different parts of human history, whether it's a military leader or a president of a government, whatever the case may be, and yet West Point considers Moses to be one of the top 50 greatest leaders to ever live. But not only was Moses a great leader, the Bible says that Moses was a friend of God's. Think about all the great compliments you and I can get from someone. Maybe this person is an honest person. Maybe this someone's a great person. Maybe this person is hardworking. But I can't think of a greater compliment than to be given that we are called a friend of God's. And so when you think about Joshua as he's preparing to lead the nation of Israel into the land of Canaan, Joshua, so to speak, has big shoes to fill. But not only is Joshua following after a great leader, Moses, think about the people he's leading in Joshua chapter 1 as they prepare to enter into the land of Canaan. We think Americans are high-minded and divided right now. Read about the nation of Israel. God leads them out of the land of Egypt through the ten plagues, really the ten miracles. They see God part the Red Sea. They walk on dry ground. 
They enter into the desert place, and guess what they do? The first thing they do is complain towards God. God, why did you lead us out here to die? Even at the Red Sea, God, why did you lead us out here to die? And God provides miracle after miracle, and yet they still live a life of unbelief. So not only is Joshua following after a great leader, Moses, not only is Joshua leading a people that really don't have a great track record, Think about what the people in the nation of Israel are about to do entering into the land of Canaan. They're about to go into a land that has been inhabited by people that have lived there for centuries, have built walls, have built fortresses and cities, and unlike our government, they're not just going to let anybody come in to their nation. They're going to have to fight tooth and nail every single city, every single place they go. They're going to have to war over and fight to conquer the land of Canaan, the land that God promised them back with Abram in Genesis chapter 12. And as they are preparing to do all of this, God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. And friend, today, just like God spoke to Joshua those 4,000 plus years ago and said, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage, God is looking for people today people in this church that are going to determine to be strong and of a good courage. The theme for this missions conference is called Fill the Gaps, Finding Your Place in the Work of God. And I'm grateful that we have a meteor that did all the work already, amen? But the fact of the matter is there is still work to do for God. The fact of the matter is God is looking for fathers that are going to step up and be the spiritual leaders of their home. The fact of the matter is God is looking for mothers, wives that are going to step up and help their husbands set the temperature spiritually for their home. What God is looking for in our schools, in this church, and in this community is for people that are going to determine to be strong and of a good courage. What God has put in your pastor's heart with giving, may I say this, God is looking for someone to be strong and of a good courage and step out by faith and say, you know what? I'm going to give all I can for the work of God. And I've learned this personally, that that requires being strong and of a good courage. And the question all of us have to answer this morning, from the youngest person to the oldest person, no matter where you are in your walk of life, God desires all of us to be strong and of a good courage, and we must all answer this question. Will I be strong and of a good courage in following my God? That word strong this morning, by definition, means this. It means to fasten upon, to seize, to play the man. How do we be strong in the Lord this morning? Well, I can tell you this. It's not going and and getting a gym membership at the nearest workout place. When God came to Joshua and said, Joshua, be strong, he wasn't saying, Joshua, (coughs) you need to start weightlifting. No, what he meant by that was, Joshua, you need to fasten upon, and seize me and my word and play the part I've called you to play. Friend, all of us have a part in the work of God this morning. If you're a believer here, God did not just save you to warm a pew, to give 10% of your tithe, and come on Sunday mornings and whenever else you feel like it. No, friend, God has saved all of us to get involved in his work and to be a part of his work. God has saved us not just to know him, but to make him known. And if we are going to be that person, if we are going to play the man, play the part that God has for us, we're going to have to be strong in the Lord this morning. The Word of God also says this, not only be strong, 
but be of good courage. That word courage means establish, fortify, to be alert, increase, prevail. You know why so many of us lack the courage we desperately need in this time of being a witness and being a light? Because we are establishing and fortifying our lives upon the wrong thing and the wrong person. You know how Joshua cannot just be strong, but also be of a good courage as they prepare to enter into the land of Canaan? Because Joshua was going to establish and fortify his life upon God and his word. You want to live a life of courage this morning where you step out by faith and do what God has called you to do, maybe in your home, maybe in your personal life, maybe in your workforce, or maybe being of a good courage here at this church and the opportunities you have here, you have to establish and fortify your life upon God and his word. I want to remind you that everything that we see around us is all temporary. What was once unnormal has now become normal. The sands of time and human beings were always changing, were always shifting. But the fact of the matter is, when we build our lives upon this book and the God of this book, it never changes. I want to remind you that a thousand years from now, this book will still stay the same. I want to remind you that the God of this book is still the rock that we need for our lives. And you can rest assured, it never changes. And as the nation of Israel is preparing to enter into the land of Canaan, God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. And friend, once again, we must all answer this question. Will we be strong and of good courage in following our God? Number one, why be strong and of good courage in verse six? <coughs> be strong and of a good courage in living a life of victory. You come down to verse 6 again, it says, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. When you look back into Genesis chapter 12, you find that God comes to Abraham, and he calls him out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and he leads him into the land of Canaan. And he tells Abram, he says, Abram, as far as the eye could see, this land is going to be your land. You're going to have a multitude of people. This is going to be your nation. This is going to be your place. And now the promise that was given those years ago is about to be fulfilled. But the reason this promise was about to be fulfilled was not because the Israelites were some strong, great people. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God says, I've chosen you because you're the weakest of the weak. You're small compared to everybody else. Why can we be strong and of a good courage? I want to start off by saying this. It's not because of who we are. It's because of who our God is. Why can we be strong and of a good courage and living a life of victory this morning? Because we serve a victorious God today. We serve a God that's not buried in some tomb. <clears throat> we serve a God that is not found in man's temporal ideology. We serve an eternal God this morning that is seated at the right hand of the Father victorious. Why can we be strong and of a good courage and living a life of victory? Because we serve a victorious God. May I remind you that our God is the one that conquered sin. You're struggling with sin this morning. You're struggling with overcoming sin. 
You're not going to find it in some rehab center. You're not going to find it in your friends or your family. The only place you will find victory over sin this morning is found at the foot of the cross of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Why be strong and of good courage? Because he's overcome sin. Why be strong and of good courage? Because he's overcome death. Friend, the greatest day for a believer is the day we see Jesus Christ face to face in all of his glory. That is the greatest day. Why? Because hell is not the worst thing we'll ever experience. As a matter of fact, that will be the best day for us. We serve a God that not only overcame sin, we serve a God that has also overcome death. Why? Because when he died on that cross, three days later, he rose again. And he's alive as he's ever been. But he's also got the keys to hell this morning. Friend, why can we be strong and of a good courage and living a victorious life? Because we serve a victorious God. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of seeing people, Christians on Facebook and social media, and even maybe talking amongst one another that live such defeated lives. Friend, we serve a victorious God. And it doesn't matter who's in control of the White House in 2024. It doesn't matter who's in control of our government. We serve a God where the word of God says that the principalities and the powers of this world are at his foot, at his feet. We serve a victorious God this morning. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says this, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Psalm 108 13 says this, Through God we shall do valiantly, for it is he that shall tread down our enemies. 1 Corinthians 15 57, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, why be strong and of a good courage In a day and age where our nation and the people of our nation have outright turned their back against our God. Because we are still victorious through him. Secondly, why be strong and of good courage in following the word of God? Verse 8 and 9 says this. um, Sorry, verse 7 and 8. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I think what is very interesting is when we come to this thought, oftentimes, Uh, In our flesh, I think we love the end of verse 8, prospering and success. I don't think there's a person here that wants to get to the end of their life and think, man, I was a total failure. I wasted my whole life. Everybody wants to be prosperous and successful. But I also want to say this, the prospering success that God lays out for us in verse 8 is not a temporal, it's an eternal. We have been blessed to live in the most blessed nation on earth this morning. And if you don't believe me, go to a third world country where many of them just have a bed, a fridge, and a cell phone, and that's all they've got. We are a blessed people. And I think because we've become so blessed, we view our blessings temporal rather than eternal. Well, if I don't get this, I must not be being blessed. The fact of the matter is, friend, the blessings that God talks about here are not the temporal, they're the eternal. And by the way, they're far better than whatever we can get on this earth. Because it will never lose value, and it will never perish. 
But in order to have a life that is prospering and successful, we have to be obedient to the word of God. The fact of the matter is, friend, this morning, God will not bless a disobedient Christian. He cannot do it. How often do we live our lives and we want the blessings of God, but we're not willing to obey his word? The fact of the matter is, in order to follow God in his word, we're going to have to be strong and of a good courage. We're living in a generation today in America that has flat out said, we don't really believe God and what he has to say. If you don't believe me, read it in the news. I was recently reading an article where it said, I think it was on Fox News, where this lady was at a rally and was literally ripping pages of the Bible in public. When is the last time you've seen a TV show where a father didn't look like an idiot and the kids weren't out doing something wicked and they were getting and they were getting applauded for it. The fact of the matter is, if we're going to be the believers that God desires us to be in 2023, we're going to have to be strong and of a courage in following the word of God. What does that mean? Number one, we can't compromise it. Verse 7 says this, Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Victory and defeat, life and death, hinge upon whether or not we will compromise the word of God. How many homes, how many churches have been ruined because somebody compromised the word of God? Or worse, they've compromised so far that you can't tell them between them and the world. It goes on in verse 8 and says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Not only should we not compromise the word of God, we should be unashamed to speak about it. This is one aspect of our lives that I think is desperately needed. You know why our nation is in the state it's in today? Not because of politics, not because of the woke mob, not because of some social reform. The reason we're in the state we're in today is because God's people have grown silent. Friend, you may be part of the silent majority voting, speaking in the government, but I have yet to find in God's word where it says to be quiet. What we love will be unashamed to speak about. If you and I spent five minutes together, you know what? We would know what each other likes. You know why? Because it's just going to come out. Yet we are the ones this morning that claim to love God. We are the ones that claim he has changed our lives. Yet I ask us all this morning, when is the last time we told somebody about what God has been doing in our hearts and our lives? It goes on in verse 8 and says this, But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Not only should we be unashamed to speak about it, about Christ and his word, but we should be thinking about it. You know what would do all of us good would be to shut off the news, turn off Facebook, turn off what other things we have, and get back into this book. What we need is not a revolution of politics. What we need this morning is a revolution of God's people getting back into the Word of God. You know what would change our personal lives, what would change our marriages, what would change our homes, what would change this church, is if God's people would get back to thinking about God and His Word. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. 
Friend, you're not going to find those things on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. You're not going to find those things in a politician. You're not going to find those things on Twitter or on Facebook. The only place you're going to find those things on a day-to-day basis that never changes is found in the Word of God. He goes on lastly and says this, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Lastly, we need to be obedient to the book. We need to be obedient to it. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And friend, the longer I've been saved, the longer, the more it's become apparent to me the only way we can be strong and of good courage is we have to follow the word of God, no matter what the cost. Lastly, in verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We saw first and foremost, why be strong and of good courage and living a life of victory? Be strong and of good courage in following the word of God. But also be strong and of good courage because God's always with us. Friend, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what struggles you have. I don't know what trials you're going through. Maybe you're going through a good time in your life right now. But the reason you and I can be strong and of good courage this morning is because we don't do this life alone. We go with Jesus. Why can we be a bold witness in our workplace? Because Christ is with us. Why can we be the father and the mother that God has called us to be in our homes Because God goes with us. Why can we overcome the sin in our life? Not because of who we are, because God goes with us and is in us. Why can we step out by faith in this missions conference as God speaks to our hearts and challenges our heart to do something for him? Because God goes with us. We need to be reminded this morning that we serve a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. That's why we can be strong. And of a good courage. Deuteronomy 31 6, be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For it's high time we quit fearing the enemy. It's high time we quit cowering, and it's high time we quit saying, we're just going to hunker down till Christ comes. We need to step out by faith and start doing the work. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greatest enemy in this world does not compare to our Savior this morning. For the Lord thy God, it is he that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee. Friend, everybody else in this world may fail you, but Jesus won't fail you. But he concludes, nor forsake thee. Everyone else may forsake you, but God won't forsake you. I'm reminded of the man Job in the word of God. Job in one day lost everything. Job lost his children, he lost his temporal wealth, and his friends came to him and in essence said, Job, you've done something wrong, you need to figure this out. And lastly, his wife said, Job, just curse God and die. Everybody on this earth, physically speaking, had forsaken him. But you know one person that never forsook him? God. And the fact of the matter is, friend, that same God that stood beside Job and was faithful to him is that same God this morning. 
And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what God has been working in your heart and in your life. But I want to encourage you to be strong and of a good courage because God goes with you. When you're there at that doctor's appointment and you hear the worst news that you thought, God's still with you. During this missions conference, when God speaks to your heart about bridging a gap somewhere, maybe in this ministry here at this church, or maybe stepping out by faith to witness to your coworkers, be strong and of good courage because God goes with you. When you decide to lead your home and instead of doing the other things that the world promotes, fathers, and you're doing your devotions with your family, be strong and of good courage because we serve a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. And the question, once again, that we all have to answer is this this morning. Will I be strong and of good courage in following God? Will I awake out of the apathy and saying it's the next man's job and say, no, it's my responsibility. I'm going to be strong and of good courage. Fathers, we conclude this time with your word. We thank you for all you've done. We thank you for the man Joshua. Lord, I thank you for how you encouraged him those thousands of years ago. Be strong and of a good courage. Father, today you're still looking for people that will be strong and of a good courage. People that are going to quit giving excuses and step up by faith and following you. And maybe we conclude like Joshua did, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Help all of this this morning as we prepare our hearts and as we begin this missions conference. May we be wide open to your work and your will in our lives. Father, faith oftentimes can bring a lot of doubt, even fear. But help us to be strong and of good courage and just simply step out by faith and obedience to your word. May you be glorified. In Christ's name I ask. Amen.